Hi, parents, guardians, caregivers, raggedy adults of all ages. I'd like to take a moment before the podcast, of course, to thank you so much for choosing me to be you and your child's reader for the next half hour or so. I have noticed that some of my podcasts haven't been publishing. So over the course of the next couple weeks, today is um, the beginning of May 2023, you can expect all of those podcasts to make their way back to your um, platform of choice. So thank you so much for your patience. And without further ado, thanks for listening. And I am so glad that you are here. Hello, my sweet friends. It's nice to sweet friends. Welcome back to the book nook. I'm Raggedy Auntie and today we are reading the next two chapters, chapters three and four of Pippi Longstocking. Now the last time we saw her she had just moved into Villa Villa Coola and she was getting to know her new friends Tommy and Annika. In this next chapter, well, actually the next two chapters, she's learning what it's like to live in a town after living on the seven seas for so very long. And it's a little bit of a struggle for her. She uses some not so polite words. So just keep that in mind while you're listening. Just because Pippi says it doesn't mean that we should say it. But it's a very hilarious set of chapters today. And you know what? Let's get started. Chapter 3 Pippi Plays Tag with the Police Everyone in the town soon knew that a little girl of nine years old was living alone in Villa Villacula, and the grown-ups thought that wouldn't do at all. Children needed someone to give them a good talking to, and children had to go to school and learn their multiplication tables. So that is why all the grown-ups of the town decided that the little girl in Villa Villacula must be sent to a children's home without delay. One beautiful afternoon, Pippi invited Tommy and Annika over for coffee and ginger biscuits. She served the coffee on the veranda steps. It was warm and sunny there, and the air was filled with the scent of the flowers in Pippi's garden. Mr. Nielsen climbed up and down the veranda railing, and now and then the horse stuck his nose in for a ginger biscuit. This is the life, Pippi said, stretching out her legs as far as they would go. Just then, two policemen in full uniform came in through the gate. Aha, said Pippi. This must be my lucky day. I like policemen more than anything. After rhubarb crumble. And she walked towards the policeman with a big beaming smile on her face. Could this be the girl who's moved into Villa Villacula? asked one of the policemen. Wrong, said Pippi. This is the very little auntie who lives on the third floor on the other side of town. <laughs> she said that only because she wanted to joke with the policemen, but they didn't think it was funny at all. They said she shouldn't try to be clever. And then they told her that 
All of the kind people of the town had found room for her in a children's home. I've already got a room in a children's home, Pippi said. What's that? said one of the policemen. Which children's home? <laughs> this one, said Pippi. I'm a child and this is my home. So this is a children's home. And I've got a room here, lots of room. My dear child, said the policeman, smiling, you don't quite understand. You've got to move to a proper children's home and have someone look after you. Do they let you have horses at that children's home? Pippi asked. No, certainly not, said the policeman. I thought as much, said Pippi. Monkeys then? Well, of course not. I see, said Pippi. Then you'll just have to get kids for your children's home from somewhere else. I'm not going there. But surely you understand that you must go to school, said the policeman. Why must I go to school? To learn things, of course. What kind of things? All sorts, said the policeman. Lots of useful things, like multiplication tables for a start. <laughs> I've managed very well without multiplication tables for the past nine years, said Pippi. And I expect I'll go on managing in the future. Yes, but think how sad it will make you being so ignorant. Imagine you're a grown-up and someone asks you what the capital city of Portugal is. And you can't answer. I certainly can answer, said Pippi. I can answer like this. If you're so desperately keen to find out what the capital city of Portugal is, why not write to Portugal and ask? But wouldn't you think it was a pity that you didn't know? Quite possibly, said Pippi. I expect I'll lie awake at night wondering and wondering, darn it, what is the capital city of Portugal? But you can't have fun all the time, Pippi continued and stood on her head. By the way, I've been to Lisbon with my dad, she said from upside down because she could talk that way up too. But then one of the policemen said Pippi shouldn't believe she could do exactly as she jolly well pleased. She would have to go with them to the children's home. Pronto. He walked up to her and grabbed her arm, but Pippi quickly broke free, gave him a gentle pat and said, <laughs> Tag. And before he could blink, she had hopped onto the veranda railing. In two seconds, she scrambled up onto the balcony above the veranda. The policemen weren't keen on climbing up the same way which is why they charged into the house and up the stairs. But by the time they got to the balcony, Pippi was already halfway up the roof. She was climbing over the roof tiles just as if she was a monkey. In a flash, she was up on the ridge and jumped conveniently onto the chimney pot. Down on the balcony stood the two policemen, scratching their heads, and on the lawn stood Tommy and Annika, staring up at Pippi. "'What fun it is playing tag!' shouted Pippi. "'It was so kind of you to visit!' And it really is my lucky day. That's plain to see. After the policemen had thought for a while, they went and found a ladder, which they propped against the house wall, and they climbed up one behind the other to bring Pippi down. But they looked rather nervous as they stepped onto the ridge of the roof and began wobbling toward Pippi. Don't be afraid, called Pippi. It's not dangerous. It's fun. When the policemen were only two steps away from Pippi, she jumped down from the chimney and scampered to the other end of the roof, laughing and shouting. A few meters away from the house stood a tree. Watch me dive, Pippi cried, and she leapt down into the leafy treetop and hung onto a branch for a while, swinging backward and forward before dropping to the ground. Then she shot off to the other end of the house and took away the ladder. The policeman had looked rather startled when Pippi jumped, 
But they became even more startled when they clambered along the roof to the other end and tried to get down. At first, they were absolutely furious and shouted to Pippi, who was standing on the ground below, looking up at them, that she must put the ladder back instantly. Otherwise, there would be trouble. Why are you so angry? Pippi scolded them. We're only playing tag, so we should be friends. The policeman thought about that, and eventually one of them said meekly, Er, um... Would you be kind enough to put the ladder back so we can come down? Goes without saying, said Pippi, and straight away she propped the ladder against the wall again. And then we can all have coffee together and have a lovely time. But the policemen were only being cunning, because as soon as they were down on the ground, they rushed at Pippi, saying, We'll teach you a lesson, you horrible little brat. But then Pippi said, Actually, I haven't got time to play any longer, although it's been lots of fun, I must admit. And with that, she grabbed each policeman by the belt and carried them both through the front garden, out of the gate, and onto the road. There she put them down on their feet, and it was a long time before either of them could move. Hang on a jiffy, Pippi shouted as she ran into the kitchen. She came out again with a couple of heart-shaped ginger biscuits and said kindly, Would you like to try these? They're a bit burned. Hope you don't mind. Then she walked back to Tommy and Annika, who were standing there in amazement with eyes big as saucers, and the policeman hurried back to town and told all the grown-ups that Pippi probably wasn't suitable for a children's home. They didn't say they had been up on the roof. The grown-ups thought it was best to let Pippi go on living in Villa Villa Coola. If she wanted to go to school, she would have to make her own arrangements. Pippi and Tommy and Annika had a really lovely afternoon. They continued their interrupted coffee party. Pippi managed to scoff 14 ginger biscuits, and then she said, They weren't what I'd call proper policemen. Oh, no, far too much to talk about children's homes and multiplication and, and Lisbon. Afterward, she lifted the horse from the veranda, and they rode on him, all three together. Annika was afraid at first and didn't want to ride, but when she saw Pippi and Tommy enjoying themselves, she asked Pippi to hoist her up onto the horse's back, too. The horse plodded round and round the garden, and Tommy sang, Watch out, here come the hurly-burly Swedes. When Tommy and Annika climbed into their beds that evening, Tommy said, Annika, don't you think it's brilliant that Pippi has moved in? Of course I do, said Annika. I can't even remember what we played before she came here, can you? Oh, croquet and stuff, said Annika. But it's always more fun with Pippi, I think. What with the horses and everything... Chapter 4. Pippi Goes to School Naturally, Tommy and Annika went to school. Every morning at 8 o'clock, they wandered off hand in hand with their school books under their arm. At that time, Pippi was busy grooming her horse or getting Mr. Nielsen dressed in his little suit. Or else she was doing her morning exercises, which involved standing bolt upright on the floor and turning 43 somersaults one after the other. After that, she would sit at her kitchen table and, in peace and quiet, drink a large cup of coffee and eat a cheese sandwich. Tommy and Annika always looked longingly at Villa Villa Coola as they trudged past on their way to school. They would much rather have been going to play with Pippi. If only Pippi had been going to school, too. That would have made it more bearable. Think of all the fun we could have on our way home from school, said Tommy. Yes, and on the way there, too, said Annika. 
The more they thought about Pippi not going to school, the worse they felt. Finally, they decided to try and talk her into going. We've got the best teacher ever. You have no idea, said Tommy. Slyly, one afternoon when he and Annika went round to Villa Villa Coola after first doing their homework properly. If only you knew how much fun we have in school, said Annika. Pippi was sitting on a stool, washing her feet in a basin. She didn't say anything. All she did was wiggle her big toe for a while, splashing water around her. You don't have to be there that long, said Tommy. Only till two o'clock. That's right, and you get Christmas holidays and Easter holidays and summer holidays, said Annika. Pippi bit her big toe, thinking hard but still not saying anything. Then, without warning, she tipped all the water out onto the kitchen floor so that Mr. Nielsen, who was sitting nearby playing with a mirror, got his trousers soaked. It's unfair, said Pippi crossly, ignoring how upset Mr. Nielsen was about his wet trousers. It's absolutely unfair. I won't put up with it. What? asked Tommy. In four months, it will be Christmas, and you'll get a Christmas holiday. But what will I get? Pippi sounded sad. No Christmas holiday, not even the teensy-weensiest little Christmas holiday, she complained. We'll soon change that. Tomorrow I start school. Tommy and Annika clapped their hands in delight. Hooray! We'll wait for you outside our front gate at eight tomorrow morning. Oh, no, said Pippi. I can't start that early, and anyway, I'll be riding to school. And that's exactly what she did. At 10 o'clock on the dot the next day, she lifted her horse down from the veranda, and a moment later, everyone in the little town rushed to their windows to see the horse that had bolted. Or so they thought. But it hadn't. It was only Pippi, in a hurry to get to school. Galloping wildly, she skidded in the school playground, jumping off the horse before it had stopped, tied him to a tree, and flung open the school door with a crash that made Tommy and Annika and all their classmates jump at their desks. "'Howdy-do!' bellowed Pippi, waving her big hat. "'Have I come in for multi-kippertation?' Tommy and Annika had told their teacher that a new girl called Pippi Longstocking was going to turn up. The teacher had heard people in the town talking about Pippi, and because she was a very kind and friendly teacher, she had decided to do all she could to make sure Pippi would be happy at school. Pippi threw herself down at an empty desk without being told, but the teacher wasn't upset by her rude behavior. She said very kindly, "'Welcome to school, Pippi, dear. I hope you will enjoy being here and that you will learn a lot.' "'Yes, and I hope I get a Christmas holiday as well,' said Pippi. "'That's why I've come.' There must be some justice. Perhaps, first of all, you would like to tell me your full name, said the teacher, so I can write it in the register. I'm called Pippalotta Victoriaria T. Cozy Appleminta Ephraim's daughter Longstocking, daughter of Captain Ephraim Longstocking, formerly the terror of the high seas and now a South Sea Island king, Pippi for short because Dad thought Pippalotta was too long. Oh, I see, said the teacher. Then we shall call you Pippi. Now, what about seeing how much you know, she went on. You're a big girl, and I'm sure you already know quite a lot. Let's start with arithmetic. Now, Pippi, can you tell me what you get if you add seven and five together? Pippi looked at her in astonishment. Then she said crossly, Well, if you don't know yourself, I'm certainly not going to tell you. All of the children stared at Pippi in horror. Then the teacher explained that she mustn't speak like that in school, that she had to call the teacher Miss. I'm ever so sorry, said Pippi apologetically. I didn't know. I won't do it again. I hope not, said the teacher. And I can tell you that seven plus five 
is 12. You see, said Pippi, you knew it yourself. So what did you ask me for? Uh, silly me, I forgot to say miss. Sorry, she said and gave her ear a hard pinch. The teacher decided to ignore that. She carried on. Well, Pippi, how much do you think eight plus four is? Uh, roughly 67, guessed Pippi. No, it's not, said the teacher. Eight plus four is 12. My good woman, I really have to say that now you're going too far, said Pippi. You just said yourself that seven in five is 12. There has to be some kind of order, even at school. Anyway, if you're so madly keen on that kind of nonsense, why don't you find a corner to sit in and do your sums and leave us to play tag? Oh, no, I forgot to call you miss again. She shrieked horrified at herself. Can you forgive me just this once? I'll try to behave better in future. The teacher said she would. But she didn't think there was any point trying to teach Pippi more arithmetic. She started asking the other children instead. Tommy, can you answer this? She said, if Lisa has seven apples and Axel has nine apples, how many apples do they have all together? Yes, tell us, Tommy, Pippi chimed in. And while you're at it, you can tell me this. If Lisa gets a tummy ache and Axel gets even more of a tummy ache, whose fault is it and where did they scrump the apples from? The teacher tried to pretend she hadn't heard and turned to Annika. Now, Annika, here's one for you. Gustav was with his friends on a school outing. He had one krona when he left and seven ura when he got home. How much had he spent? Exactly, said Pippi. I'd like to know why he wasted so much money or if he bought lemonade or if he was washed behind his ears properly before he left home. The teacher decided to abandon arithmetic completely. She thought Pippi might be more interested in learning to read, which is why she showed them a beautiful little poster of an igloo. Beside the igloo was the letter I. Now, Pippi, I'm going to show you something interesting, she said gaily. This is an igloo. The first letter is called I. Oh, I can't believe that, said Pippi. It looks more like a straight line with fly poo at the top. And I would really like to know what an igloo has got to do with fly poo. The teacher showed them another poster with a picture of a snake and explained to Pippi that the first letter was S. Speaking of snakes, Pippi said, I will never forget the time I fought a massive snake in India. You'd never believe how horrendous it was. Fourteen meters long and angry as a raging bull. And every day he ate up five Indian villagers with two little children for dessert. And once he came and wanted me for dessert. And he wound himself around me. Squish. But I've seen a few things in my time, I said, and clobbered him on the head. Bang! And then he hissed. And so I bashed him again. Whack! And rah! He died. So there you are. That's the letter S for you. Quite something. Pippi had to stop to catch her breath. And the teacher, who now thought Pippi was a troublesome and difficult child, suggested the class could do some drawing instead. Pippi was sure to sit and draw nicely, thought the teacher. She handed out paper and crayons to the children. You can draw whatever you like, she said, and she sat down at her desk and began marking homework. After a while, she looked up to see how they were getting on. All the children were sitting looking at Pippi, who was very happily drawing all over the floor. Oh, Pippi, said the teacher impatiently, why aren't you drawing on the paper? Oh, I filled that up ages ago. There's no room for my horse on that little piddling little piece of paper, said Pippi. I'm in the middle of doing the front legs now, but when I get to the tail, most likely I'll have to go out into the corridor. 
The teacher thought desperately for a few minutes. Uh, what if we sing a little song now instead, she suggested. The children stood beside their desks, all except Pippi, who stayed where she was on the floor. You sing by all means. I'll have a little rest here, she said. Too much knowledge can send the sanest person completely bonkers. But now the teacher's patience had absolutely come to an end. She told all the children to go out into the playground because she wanted to have a talk with Pippi on her own. When the teacher and Pippi were left alone, Pippi stood up and walked to the teacher's desk at the front. Do you know something, she said. I, I mean, do you know something, miss? It was ever so much fun coming here to see what you get up to, but I don't think I'll bother coming to school again. Never mind about the Christmas holidays. There are far too many apples and igloos and snakes and things. It makes my head dizzy. I hope that doesn't upset you, miss. But the teacher said she actually was upset, mostly because Pippi didn't want to try and behave properly, and no girl who carried on like Pippi would be able to go to school however much she wanted to do. Have I behaved badly? asked Pippi, shocked. I really didn't know that, she said, looking very sorrowful. No one could look as sorrowful as Pippi could when she was sad. She stood silently for a while and then said in a trembling voice, You, you see, miss, when you have an angel for a mum and a South Sea Island king for a dad and you've sailed around the ocean all your life like me, then you don't really know how to behave in school among all these apples and igloos. Then the teacher said she realized that and she wasn't upset with Pippi any longer and that perhaps Pippi could come back to school when she was a little older. Then Pippi said, beaming brightly, Oh, miss, I think you're so kind, and this is for you, miss. From her pocket, Pippi pulled out a lovely little gold watch, which she lay on the teacher's desk. The teacher said she couldn't accept such a valuable gift from Pippi, but Pippi only said, Oh, you must. Otherwise, I'll come back again tomorrow, and a fine spectacle that will be. Then Pippi dashed out to the playground and leapt onto her horse, and all the children jostled around to pat the horse and watch her leave. Give me the schools in Argentina any day, Pippi said, showing off. That's the place to be. There, the Easter holidays start three days after Christmas holidays have finished, and three days after the Easter holidays, it's time for the summer holidays. Then, summer holidays end in the 1st of November, and then, of course, it's a struggle waiting for the Christmas holidays to start on the 11th of November. But then you can put up with it because there's no homework. Homework is strictly forbidden in Argentina. Now and then, some Argentinian child sneaks into a wardrobe and sits there in secret doing their homework. But pity them if their mum finds out. There's no arithmetic at all in the schools over there. And if any kid knows what seven and five is, they have to stand in the naughty corner the whole day. If they're stupid enough to tell the teacher, that is. They only have reading on Fridays, and that's only if there are any books to read from. But there never are. But what do they do in school then? A little boy asked. Eat sweets, Pippi declared. A long pipe runs directly from a sweet factory close by and straight into the classroom. And sweets simply shoot out all day so the children have more than enough to do eating sweets. Yeah, but what do the teachers do? Asked a girl. Take the wrappers off the sweets for the children, you ninny, said Pippi. You don't think that they do that themselves, do you? I should say not. They don't even go to school themselves. They send their brother. Pippi waved her large hat. Cheerio, kids, she yelled gleefully. You won't be seeing me for a while, but always remember how many apples Axel had, or you'll be sorry. Ha <laughs> ha! With a resounding laugh, Pippi rode out of the playground so fast, the gravel whirled around the horse's head and the school windows rattled. 
What do you think? Do you think Pippi's going to make her way back to school? I'd like to think that she will. School can be lots of fun, but it is a little bit hard on your first day, and Pippi found that out in a very hard way. Although I'd love to see her giant picture of a horse. Do you draw giant pictures? If you do, I would love to see one. I've had so much fun reading these two chapters from Pippi Longstocking. Tune in next time when we keep reading from this wonderful book about Pippi and Tommy and Annika and all their adventures in their Swedish town. Until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep reading. Stay healthy, keep reading. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading. Until the day comes we meet again. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading my friend.